Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Interesting. All right, hour number two of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here. What are you saying interesting to, Wolf, even though I know the answer? Just some of the details coming out. Jimmy G is a Raider, Las Vegas Raider, ladies and gentlemen, and three years, $67.5 million contract, $34 million guaranteed on that three-year deal. That does not preclude the Raiders from drafting a first-round pick, right? At some point in time, are they still in it? Yes, is my answer. They're still in it. Yeah, that'd be kind of a weird... Look, anytime you're drafting in the top 10 as an organization, aren't you always thinking, well, never going to be here again? Like, this is a one-time thing, right? Even if you're there every year, it's a one-time thing. So if you're the Raiders and you're picking seventh, I believe, is your plan of action really, you know what, we're going to make Jimmy Garoppolo our quarterback of the future and not use this pick on a quarterback. No, I would, I would think if they still like somebody there at seven, they would either take him or move up to three. It makes so much sense right now, right? It does with Josh McDaniels as your head coach and Jimmy G reunited once again from the New England Patriots. Reunited. Plus, Jimmy G seems to be that guy that would square somebody away, be that mentor, a willing mentor at this point in his career. Three-year contract, $34 million guaranteed, $67.5 million right there. I'm sure it's probably incentive-laced as well. If he plays, he gets paid more if he plays. But to have Jimmy G as a mentor maybe to a young Q, I, I, I don't think this precludes the Raiders by any stretch of the imagination from actually still drafting a quarterback. No, or, you know, maybe they go out and trade for Trey Lance and put him right there with Jimmy G again because that worked so well in San Francisco. Can you imagine Jimmy G if they brought in Trey Lance? He would just be like, all right, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, for the Cardinals, they have not done anything yet in the legal tampering period, which has only been going for a couple hours. Most teams haven't done anything yet. But it, it really is... Sort of an open book here, Wolf, in terms of what they may do, um, just because it's it's so it, it could go any direction, right? The one thing I would say is the moves they make this week, I think, are going to tell us a lot about Monty Austinfort and his philosophy for the Cardinals, because all those guys, not maybe not all of them, but three or four guys that were on this team that are free agents that most of us wanted back, they haven't been re-signed. Marcus Golden was let go over the weekend. Um, they haven't gone out and gotten anybody yet, but they have a lot of holes on this team, not just like, well, the guys we have aren't good enough. They actually physically have a lot of holes on this team. They had 31 free agents. So we're going to learn a lot about Monty Austin for it in the next, what, five days? Yes, yes. And not only that, too, this is, this is something we've been talking about for a while right now. The Arizona Cardinals are not going to go out and try to make a big splash. I, I just do not see that coming. Any way, shape, or form for the Arizona Cardinals. I do not see them doing that. Going out and getting a pro, I do. Going out and getting guys that are pros, I do. So I wonder what would be the tactic on that. If, by way of example, Will Hernandez. Let's just use Will Hernandez as a living, breathing example. Okay. This guy is a pro's pro. He is. He's been around. 
He's, he's, he's not going to be shocked by anything he sees in the National Football League. This is not his first rodeo. He's a good, solid pro to have that right guard, in my opinion. So do you contact him immediately? And, and I'm saying other teams. Do other teams contact him immediately? Because that kind of tips your hand that you really love that guy. You like that guy. And, you know, we, we, we contacted you during legal tampering. We were so in love with you. Or do you wait? Do you wait? Just kind of see how it goes. Even though you really, really like him, just see, hey, maybe somebody else offers him. So then you can call him. But wait and see. You don't want to be the first team or first couple of teams to actually contact him. Isn't that the approach you would take on a pros pro free agent? Yeah, because part of part of the the game plan there is to get these guys for a reasonable price too. Correct. Right? Now you you want as you're calling him a pros That's pro. That's a big part of it. Yeah. So you're not you're not trying to make a splash, I guess is is the best way to put it with Monty Austin for this uh, this offseason. You're not trying to make an off-season splash. You are trying to build to a certain extent, the foundation of what you're going to do going forward. I, I do think his job is more complicated than than a lot of GMs around the league. Because like, if you're San Francisco, and credit to San Francisco, they've built this up. San Francisco can look around and be like, oh, I wish to purchase another luxury car today. Which one do I want? And they just go out and get Javon Hargrave. Because they only have like two or three needs. Yes. Whereas if you're the Cardinals, you've got to build this roster. Depending on how he feels about the free agents that the Cardinals already have that might be leaving kind of building this from almost scratch. I mean, you've got some players, but relative to other NFL teams, you're sort of rebuilding it from right. scratch, and yet you do have who you've deemed to be your franchise quarterback going forward, so are, are you in a full-blown rebuild? Can you be in the, a full-blown rebuild if you if you have Kyler Murray and Buda Baker no. and James Cr- Yeah, that's no, the thing. No, you can't. you got a rebuild going on, but not a full-blown rebuild. That, that includes a quarterback trying to find that guy, and that's when it's trouble. Yeah, It's one of the reasons why. If they get the line of scrimmage fixed, you never know. You never know what could happen with this team in particular um, with Kyler Murray and some of the changes they may actually make offensively. But let me give you an example right here. Number 33 in the top 101 free agents, according to NFL.com. Pat Peterson is number 33. Oh, boy. Number 34, Jadavion Clowney. Number 35, Jimmy Ward. Ladies and gentlemen, these are pros pros, but they're not going to be, um, how should I say this? High priced. Okay, They're, but one of those names carries a lot of extra with it for the Cardinals. You're talking about Pat Pete, yes. of course. Yeah, but again, I'm not talking about for the Cardinals. I'm trying to use just an yeah. example no, I see what you're saying. of what I'm saying would be a pro's pro. Patrick Peterson is not going to be shocked by anything. He had a pretty good season last year, as a matter of fact. But people are going to look at him and say, he's 33. Just like Jadavion Clowney, he's 30. Just like Jimmy Ward, he's 32. Jimmy Ward is an excellent football player. He's a guy that can play safety because he can tackle, and he's a guy that can also play corner, slot corner. That's why they list him as a DB, because he can do both. But those are the types of guys that I'm talking about. Guys, I get it. They're a little long in the tooth right now, but I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to identify pros, pros. 
Clowney's 30, which I get is, you know, kind of a knock when you're a free agent. Doesn't it feel like he's been 30 for like eight years? It feels like Clowney's been like, oh, Jadavian you know, he's Clowney. almost done. Yeah, I know. Maybe he's not. I would not hate Jadavian Clowney as, like you're saying, a pros, pro, cheaper contract. And I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to target those guys. I'm using you're using it as for a the types of, of examples of that they would be after, in my opinion. And, and the way you're talking would seem to indicate that's probably going to be a couple days down the line. Yes. The, Card- the Cardinals are not going to be running out there, hey, we got to get this guy before Early somebody else. Early uh, <laughs> you got to tamper on your own terms. The Madness tips off this Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text Bucks to 620-620. Fill out your bracket. Compete in the Madness. That's Bucks to 620-620. When we come back, and this is an interesting conversation, did the Diamondbacks figure out the best way to compete in the NL West? Or did they just take a big risk? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, here's one we can talk to uh, D-backs general manager Mike Hazen about next time he's on the show, which I think is eventually this week. I think it's this <laughs> week. All right. How about this, Wolf? Corbin Carroll sticking around with the D-backs. Eight years, $111 million deal. And just to give everybody a reference point, Corbin Carroll has played 32 Major League Baseball games. Wow. Did it blow you away? It, Did it blew you? It blew me away it, when it, I when this news came down, man. It, it, me too, but I, I kind of like it. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I, I like the mentality of it. I like if you are going to sell your fan base, and, and more importantly for Mike Hazen, he's not trying to sell the fan base. He's trying to build the team. If you're going to do it this way, if you're going to be, if you're going to go down the path of, of you know considering yourself a mid-market team or whatever you want to yes. call yourself, and you can't, you can't spend as much as other teams, that's one thing. Then you're in a division with the Dodgers and Padres who can spend more than pretty much every team. That's the second thing. Your only path to success like real success, not like, hey, we won five more games this year, is drafting good players, developing them, and keeping them. You don't want to develop these guys for other teams. It's a risk, man. You just gave a guy an eight-year deal yeah. who has played 32 major league games, and like you always say, my first thought when I saw this was, Wolf, you probably saying, how does a young guy like that react to that much money? It really is. Uh, first of all, let me just say, this is a great move by the Diamondbacks, and yet I am willing to admit it is fraught with peril. Oh, you like it too, though? Yes. Okay, okay. It is. There is risk that is here. But as you said, such is life for a mid-market team in the paradigm known as Major League Baseball. This is the way that it goes. Uh, You know, the Diamondbacks had to do this now and hope that this kid develops on and off the diamond and doesn't have any issues. And we all know from time to time, being young, you might have some issues, whether it's on the diamond or off. You may be the most squared away kid on the face of the planet, but this is a this is a bold move by the Diamondbacks, and I stand and applaud them. Yeah, this this to me is what the D-backs version of going for it should look like. Going for it is yeah, we're gonna because they I mean they are giving him one hundred eleven million dollars, but at the same time, if he turns into the player that they and a lot of people, it's not just the D-backs believe he can be. 
that's going to be a ridiculous discount in the second half, which is why, you know, it's a risk, I guess, on his side, too. But he's here now for eight years. You have your centerpiece you're building around. There is no question who that is now. It's Corbin Carroll. He was your top prospect. He's one of the top prospects in baseball. Yes, he's only played 32 games and he hit 260 or whatever, but you could see the flashes last year. And they see more than any of us see because they see it all behind the scenes. Correct. To your point, it's a big leap in terms of a judge of character because he can't be the sort of guy that's right. like, I got paid, or worse yet, in five years, I'm good. I want a, I want a new deal. Like, no, they took the risk, and he took the risk, and they're in this together now. Yeah, and again, you know, I, I want to talk about it from Corbin Carroll and his perspective as well. But right now, the Diamondbacks, they just don't have the luxury, they don't, of paying stars for what those stars have already done. Nope. For them, they, they have to pay guys for what they think he'll do in the future. That's they're being proactive about this and they have to. Where other teams are out there paying for production, the Diamondbacks basically are paying for projections. Does yeah. that make sense? And this this goes back to what you've said a lot of times in the past when you when you cite like Tampa Bay, like the the Rays, right? Okay, that's yeah. that's kind of the model you have to follow. You don't you don't have the margin for error that the Dodgers and the Dodgers are the extreme because they can throw two hundred million dollars at a guy and he can get in trouble and they can go out and get Max Scherzer. Yeah, the Yankees, the Red Sox. Yeah, but there are other teams that aren't in that tier that still have more margin for error. They can go out and throw money at a Madison Bumgarner, and if it doesn't work out, they can do this or that or whatever. The D-backs now, this is their path. You got to identify these guys and you've got to develop them. But you've now you have a core to build around. Like you can't. What you don't want to do to your fans or your team is we have a year like this where people are excited about this team. Yes. Okay. We're going into spring training. People are excited. Now, catch us games. Yeah. So these guys start to get good and then they end up on the Yankees in four years. Like that, you will lose your fan base permanently if that's the case. No, that is great right there. You know, I think this will drive Corbin Carroll as well. I think it will. I, I'm right now as I, I'm sitting here on the outside looking in through the glass. I think this is going to drive him even more. And the reason why I believe this is there's no way in the world Mike Hazen and company would ever have signed him to this contract if they thought he didn't have the right makeup or mindset to handle it. Yeah. There's no way, Luke, you would do that. Because you'd just be, you'd be so distraught over going out and doing. They they know the kind of kid he is right now, and how he thinks, and how he competes. He doesn't strike you as a guy that's going to get fat on the farm, right? No, no. And, and again, it's, it's like you're saying. I mean, I, I I tend to trust Mike Hazen with with pretty much anything he does, and I don't think they're going to throw $111 million at a guy if they're like, yeah, we have questions about this guy. You know what I mean? Again, 32-game sample size on the field. I get if you're a fan, you're like, man, that's not much. That's not even a quarter of a season. They see it. They see it behind the scenes. They see the character, um, and they see it more than any of us can. And again, in those games, he looked pretty good. And the new, we've talked about this too, the way the rule changes are, are sort of going in Major League Baseball, that would seem to really favor a guy like Corbin Carroll. This in, I think, I think the rule changes have had a lot to do with this signing. Ideally, he's a huge bargain in just a couple years at that price. Now it raises the question too of like, what do you, You've identified him as the guy you're building around, right? Yes. Clearly, because you've Clearly. money talks. 32 games. Who's next? 
Who is next? And, right and what do they get oh, if they start man. to? If Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy or Gabriel Marino or whoever starts to really go off? Yeah, yeah it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. I cannot wait for this season to start for the Diamondbacks because of the young guys that they have, because of what they've done. You know, Gabriel Marino, just adding him as well. And Jordan Lawler, there's a possibility Jordan Lawler could be a big part going forward at shortstop. Drew Jones. Drew Jones. Uh, could we see him? Yeah, we could see him in this youth movement going on. You're right talking now. about the number two overall pick in a draft where a lot of people thought for a while he would be the number one overall pick, and then <laughs> things shuffled a little bit. And I, and I know he got hurt right away because that seems to be the case with, with these guys. But uh, the in terms of just the prospect pool the D backs have, it's among the very best in baseball, but you have to keep those guys. Otherwise, nobody's going to believe in what you're doing. Here's Mike Hazen on the extension over the weekend. He's come into this organization. Uh, he has been a model in so many different ways of what we are looking for in an Arizona Diamondback player. And this is a culmination of a you know um, him grinding through the minor leagues very quickly. I should probably shouldn't use the word grind. Um, rocketing through the minor league system getting up to our major league team, um, making an immediate impact, and we feel going to make an impact for years to come. And very fortunate to be able to say that he's going to be here now um, for a long time. He's their culture. Corbin Carroll is the culture of the Diamondbacks. That is what, you know, I, I, we, we don't even know Corbin Carroll. No, you I, want, I think I we've interviewed him like once. I, no. Right. No, of course not. And as a fan, how do you feel like you know him? Because you've heard about him for a couple of years, but you've seen him play <laughs> right. 32 games. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not only that, too, it's just that they know. This is what gets me jacked up. The Diamondbacks know what he's like and what he's bringing. Not only the tangible of what he brings on the diamond and out in the field, but also here's a guy that brings intangibles to that clubhouse. This is their culture. They've identified that. This is their future. Now let's all sit there and watch. It's very cool. And to be fair, I know there are a lot of D-backs fans that are like, man, that's a risk. Can you really afford it to is. take that risk? And it is. I'm not saying or we're not saying it isn't, but I just doesn't it feel better to know now as you go into this season, you're building around these four, five, six, seven, eight guys, and you have one definitively that's already locked up for a while because if he becomes what a lot of people believe he can become – you probably weren't going to be able to afford him in a few years if you really are going down this path where you consider yourself a mid-market team. And that's not Mike Hazen making that distinction. That's what he has to work with. But you got to you got to deal in reality. If you want to have like true unicorns out there on the baseball field, you got to probably sign him early. He was an educated risk. That was going to be the name of the show, Educated Risks. Oh, that's, a, that's not a bad band name. No, it's true. Or at least an album. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. You concerned at all about the Suns' bench following their loss to Sacramento over the weekend. They got Golden State tonight. They got Milwaukee tomorrow. They got some tests. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here on this Monday morning. It is Wolf and Luke as we um, 
are now into the legal tampering period around the NFL. We've got March Madness starting up here shortly, and um, we've got the Phoenix Suns, who are in the midst of what was supposed to be a great test for them with Kevin Durant. And instead, it's a real test for them without Kevin Durant because they played Sacramento over the weekend, lost to the Kings, and while Terrence Ross was able to score, he's got 42 points down in the last two games, they ain't got a whole lot else from the bench. And yeah. if if you're looking, if you're if you're skeptical, if you are kind of in that mindset of okay, <laughs> things don't ever go right for us, um, this team looked a little top heavy over the weekend. Yeah, it did. And you know, Kendrick Perkins is a guy that I have a ton of respect for, of course. And Perk has been very uh, vociferous in regard to talking about the Suns and their weakness, that being their bench. And um, it certainly came to light against the Sacramento Kings. Now, again, I'm not going to overreact because I think he was oversimplifying the situation right now. When Kevin Durant comes back, yeah, you know what? Uh, Kevin Durant is going to be playing with Devin Booker. There's no doubt. Look, everybody, there's Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. They're out on the floor with Kevin Durant and and uh, Devin Booker, of course. But... Once again, there are going to be certain times based on the rotations where you're probably always going to have Kevin Durant out on the floor and Devin Booker as well. Not together sometimes, but by themselves, of course, based on the rotations. Having said that, um, it's hard to evaluate just how bad the Suns bench looks right now, knowing that they don't have Kevin Durant. Yeah, it changes everything. It, it, it does, and that's you know that's part of the frustration with the injury. You know, at least for me, last week, and we talked about this. It's not, nobody's worried that Kevin Durant, when he comes back, is going to be like, "What do I do? How do I play?" Like, that's not that. It's it's this. It's exactly what we saw on Saturday night. How is Monty Williams supposed to figure out his rotation without how this all fits together around Kevin Durant and the other three main guys? When they're not all playing, right? And and again, it's not anybody's fault. It's bad luck. It's bad timing. And I know James Jones in that piece I referenced earlier was like, okay, look, this you know, in a weird way, this gives sort of an opportunity for some of these guys to show what they can do. Look, he's the GM; he has to say that, and there is some truth to it. But we're kind of past that point now. <laughs> you know, we we had the previous three weeks before KD was able to go after they traded for him, where it was okay. Let's see what TJ Warren or. Terrence Ross can do, or Ish Wainwright, or you know Josh Okogi as a starter, whatever, whatever. Like now, it's like Chris Paul said last week: we need to see the actual team, yeah, and see how they respond to the adversity of a loss on Saturday and a back-to-back against Milwaukee and Golden State this week. This is going to be the story of these two games coming up right now. Um, the story will unfold, of course, but you know, just based especially on what we saw against Sacramento. Sacramento, they outscored him 65 to 34. You know, I'm not panicking, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not. But man, um, that was lopsided right there when it comes to the bench. You know, T. Ross stepping up and not much after that right now. And again, you know, where's campaign gone? The, the bench other than Terrence Ross scored 16 points against 16 Sacramento. 16 points. Yeah. Think about it. Where, where has campaign gone where's that aggressive campaign that confident campaign um d lee damian lee where's his shot gone that's the real mystery because a guy like that that was at one point this season leading the nba in three-point percentage is 
is he really going to find his rhythm playing four minutes? And I want to be clear. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this like, oh, Monty Williams is he's messing. That's not Monty Williams. I'm saying you're in a you're in upheaval right now. We we still haven't really seen this team play together for any stretch of games this season. We've seen the Kevin Durant version of the Suns. That starting lineup play three games. Yeah. And even before that, we saw the old Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul starting. We saw them basically play five games. So how many games are we into the season now? We're 67 games in, and we've seen the Suns play with their version of their starting lineup basically eight times. Yes, and, I and know. I, I think we're starting to see the ramifications of that. And it also looks like Torrey Craig is pressing as well. And those were guys that, you know... Monty had to be counting on coming off the bench. Guys like Damian Lee and Campaign, of course, and Tory Craig, and coming off the bench. And maybe he's trying to send them a little Sicilian message as well. I didn't hear anything about D. Lee being nicked up at all. Didn't hear anything about Campaign and yet his minutes as well. Maybe he's just trying to say, hey, listen, you know what? How does this feel right here? We're counting on you guys to go out and be the force that you have been for most of your time here with the Suns, whether it's D. Lee, of course, or Campaign. They've been a force since the day they showed up. And Campaign, of course, you know, I'm, I'm just stunned what I'm seeing here because I see a lack of confidence from campaign. Yeah. And that's stunning to see. Well, and, and over to, to Damian Lee for a second, too. I mean, that that's a guy that when you... When you reshape your roster and you're like, okay, we're going to have, you know, basically a core four and then we're going to fit role players in around them. Damian Lee, you would think would be like, that's perfect. He can just go out there and hit threes and he's going to play 15 minutes or whatever. But he can be a guy that if he and he's not even really that streaky, he's just a good three point shooter. Yeah. So. You know, you, you, he's one of those guys where you're like, okay, in the playoffs, we got our core four, and then you're probably going to play four or five more guys in, when you really get into the playoffs. You figure he would be one of them. This is a guy that was pretty consistently, you know, at least hovering around double figures up until the last month he has put up double digits once, and it was 10 points against the Bulls. Wow. And his point totals, like over his last, I read off campaigns before, his last 10 games for, for D. Lee, 293-10-2-2-9-7-5-4. That sounds like a phone number. It doesn't sound like point totals. It does, but I, I go back to Monty Williams as well, and I wonder if Monty Williams right now is poking and prodding. He's got to be. He's got to be. This is a weird situation. Uh, Kevin Durant, of course, this is what messes up being a coach. You've got Kevin Durant. Would you say Kevin Durant is going to really mess with your rotations? Not having Kevin Durant, of course, it's going to mess with the rotation. And it's not KD. I think KD, when he comes back, he's going to be fine. And we've talked about that as well. But it's everyone else around him. It's these guys. This is what is so bad about this. This is the bad part of not having Kevin Durant. Is It's the guys around him trying to take on a new role. That's the problem. It's not KD. KD's going to be fine when he comes back. Well, I think we all know that. At least we expect that. And they don't know what their role is going to be. Now, again, big picture, the Suns are... 16 and 6 in their last 22 games. It's not the record. It's not that they lost a game to Sacramento. It is exactly what you just said. You don't want Torrey Craig in the starting lineup losing confidence. I'm not saying he's going to, but you're right. He hasn't looked like Torrey Craig. He didn't look like Torrey Craig on Saturday. 
You want your team now. It's it's the middle of March. The playoffs start in a month. You need some, you're in a ridiculous conference where anybody could take out anybody almost. And you certainly, and this is the other thing, I don't think they're in danger of this, but we got to see how these next two nights go. You don't you don't even want to be in the conversation of dropping down into seventh. You're three and a half games up on Minnesota and Dallas right now, so for now it's not an issue. But it, it, it's just you can only play as as a fake version of the Phoenix Suns for so long, and I feel like we've just we've had to see it a yeah, lot this year. You just honestly, you're you're the Kings game was a big game in the Western Conference. That's a playoff team. It, it's, a, it's a legitimate playoff team. And you played D. Lee four minutes in campaign seven. Tell yeah. me that's not a some kind of message being sent right there by Monty Williams. Oh, and Chris Paul, 39. It's yeah. a big game, but you don't have to have it either. So how do we get to a point where Chris Paul needs to play 39 minutes for you to feel confident that you can win a game? Uh, it's been a busy day around the National Football League. We'll get you caught up on everything that's going down and react to some of the ramifications of it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. All right, good call by you during the break, Wolf. Yeah. 40 days. Yeah, of course. What did I say? <laughs> you don't even know. I should I should have made you guess what you said. Uh, Tom Brady has lasted 40 days into retirement now. So 40 days. It just makes it to midnight. He will set his own personal record. It is the time of testing for, ladies and gentlemen, the number of the world, of course. 40 days. Interesting. Okay. So will he make it to 41 this is huge. in retirement? Tom, watch. 2023. Yes. <laughs> right. And then after. Your calls next. <laughs> if he can make it to 41 days, then I lose interest until he unretires again. But can he last just 12 hours and 13 more minutes, Tom? I feel like you can do it's it. It's going to be really interesting to see. Yes. I say yes. You can do it, Tom. Uh, okay. Here's... You can even go beyond, Tom. I'm going to throw some some uh, notes at you from stuff that's happening around the NFL, okay? Okay, this is good, yes. Uh, real quick, let's let's go back uh, to over the weekend. Jalen Ramsey getting dealt to Miami. Yes. For not a whole lot, I didn't think. How about that right there, honestly? You, you deal Jalen Ramsey, you're basically saying, we are in a full-on rebuild right now. Think of the, think of the guys that they have lost, the Rams. Think of that. Well... It's staggering when you consider all of the names that they've lost. Vaughn Miller, of course, Andrew Whitworth, Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. You're talking to Bobby Wagner, too. Don't just gloss over that. He had a really, really good, good season he like Bobby Wagner for the Rams. Yeah. Really good. And not only, not only looking good, but he was producing, productive as well. Gone. Think of the guys on that team still that you're telling you're in a rebuild if you're the Rams. You're telling Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, hey, Man. Aaron Donald, you're probably just going to play out the string on a mediocre team. Enjoy it, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and look, they got their ring. They, they are the they are exhibit A. Yep. Is it worth it to go all in and then maybe have scorched earth afterwards? Yeah, it is. If you win, if you win a Super Bowl, it is. If you win an NBA title, it is. It's yes. worth it. So they did, but now they're now it's payback time. And um, that's of particular importance to the Cardinals because the Rams might be a mess here going forward. Now, 
they do still have Sean McVay, and they still have Cooper <laughs> Cup, and they still have Aaron Donald. So I, I can't write them off as just a complete disaster. And yet. They, they still have Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I'm not as high on him, but yes, they do still have him. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, <laughs> yes. they still have Matthew Stafford. The guy won a Super Bowl. No, yeah, he's not a bad quarterback. But Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup might be able to drag you to a couple wins. I don't know if Stafford can. <laughs> Stafford's probably looking around like, am I back on Detroit? What happened? And yet, you have to look at the Los Angeles Rams and ask yourself, do you even consider them to be a threat to win the division? I, no. It's hard for me to say. You get rid of Jalen Ramsey? You get rid of him? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I have a hard time looking at the Rams and seeing them as the NFC West champion. Well, especially when the 49ers today agreed to a deal with Javon Hargrave. That was the first real notable news to come out of legal tampering. Boy, that just that sucks. Buttermilk. Javon Hargrave. On the line of scrimmage once again. This is where it's going, though, ladies and gentlemen. This is the great thing about it. I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing because I believe J.G. Jonathan Gannon gets it. I think he knows it. I think he values a guy like Javon Hargrave and says, my goodness, we got to build this team on the line of scrimmage. The physicality is going to come back. If you're a Cardinal fan, it jacks me up because I, I, and this is no offense to Cliff Kingsbury, a guy that once again, base and owns, I believe ESPN will do a 30 30 on the 2021 season and how the Arizona Cardinals managed to win 11 games that season with everything Cliff Kingsbury was faced with. I believe one day we'll get a 30 30 on that. I'll watch it. Because I, it's going to take a while before I'm, I'm emotionally ready to watch it, but I'll watch it. No, exactly And you right. know my thoughts. It's got to be called One Way Ticket to Thailand. Okay, One Way. <laughs> if you're going to make it, you have to call it One Way Ticket one to way Thailand. Tic- That's such a 30 for 30 name, too. <laughs> it is great. One Way Ticket to Thailand. Cliff, I love you, buddy. Once again, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at Luke. Okay, having said that. <laughs> Um, but you know, once again, this is what I think is going to happen with the Cardinals. The rebuild's going to happen on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and it jacks me up. Do you know why? Because of the physicality, it's back. That's what's back, and it needs to be back. Somebody who values somebody who will blow your face off. That needs to be valued by a coach. A guy that you don't want to mess with on the field and coaches who say we need to go get guys like this who are going to go out and play the game and all of its brutal, physical goodness. (sighs) Yes, I'm standing up, standing up here in the studio. I can't even help it. It just fires me up. And Javon Hargrave is the first guy that is identified a first guy that comes down, the first name that is going to be signing with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's the with downside the, to all this. The San Francisco 49 are they a physical team? Are they a physical team? Well, yeah. If, yeah, here's the they problem. value that. They don't need him. Everything you're saying is true and big picture. But the game of football needs him, Luke. But, well, the game of football he going, needs he, him. Well, one of the other 31 teams can have what him, not Seattle. One of the other 30. I, I'm with you on that. I get it. It sucks buttermilk, but here they are. The San Francisco 49ers, and they're just introducing to everybody in the football universe, physicality matters. And if you don't have it, good luck. I'm going to throw another name at you, okay? Calais Campbell. 
Oh, no. Let go by the Ravens. Not to, okay. not to toy with your emotions here, but Calais okay. Campbell is not going to. The Ravens released him this morning. <sighs> okay. I mean, that is physicality. He is. He had five and a half sacks, I believe, last year. Five and a half sacks. I think he had 34 tackles as well. Um, I, I don't have that in front of me. Don't hold me to that. But can I tell you right now that Calais Campbell can still play the game? I wonder if he still wants to play the game. Because if Calais wants to play the game, come home, son. Five and a half sacks, Wolf. (laughs) You got it. I got it. Your random Calais Campbell stat knowledge is unparalleled. I'm serious. I'm not looking at anything right now. Okay, but but again, Calais Campbell. Just Just a butt in the gap. Just a butt in the gap. Oh, you want to try to run the ball? You're not going to be able to run the ball. Just a butt in the gap. At 36, that's the problem. He's 36. Calais, do you still want to play, bruh? Because if you do, just text me, okay? Because <laughs> I'd love to hear from you if you still want to play. Yeah, he's been gone for six seasons. I know. That doesn't even feel real. He's just, he's so good. And he has been so good. What a great guy. I love him. I have love in my heart based on means when I think of Calais. The the guy that he is, the player that he is, um, man, that would be awesome. But again, is there somebody else that might value that? Six eight, three hundred butt in the gap? Oh, if he's gonna keep playing at this point, you would think he probably would want to go to a team that's Going for a Super Bowl this year, yeah, right? you you would unless he was looking at Arizona's. Come home, son. That's <laughs> it's time for you to come home. That's you know that's the <laughs> right? only way, right? Is if Wolf keeps texting him. No, but, like that's that's the only way. Is he's not going to go to another team in Arizona's position. He's either going to go play for whoever the Chiefs or probably San Francisco somehow. It'll be like their eighth string. Uh, but he, if he's going to go to a team that's in the position the Cardinals are, it's only going to be the Cardinals. <sighs> I got another That's name for dream. you. That, that would be a dream for me if that, he still wants to play. My dream is that uh, Javon Hargrave leaves the 49ers here in the next two <sighs> That's days. That's not going to happen. Jawan Taylor, four-year, $80 million deal with the Chiefs. Okay. so You like that? Well, I mean, the Chiefs are in the same position as the 49ers. Where the they way, can just pick out two or three guys they need and throw a bunch of money at them. Did you see what the commanders paid Deron Payne? Did you check that out? Oh, how much are they paying him? Yeah, they paid him $90 million. How about that? Four-year deal, ninety million. Let's see, Deron Payne. What does he? What does he play? Mason on the ends, right there. It is once again destructive three technique. Sold. <laughs> Sold to a different team, though. That's the problem. Hey man, the Commanders. They want them. They paid them. All right, coming up next, we're going to get you caught up on all the big stories from today with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.